the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live Hour 2. It's good to be with you. I want to welcome you to the show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. And I should say 3 to 5 Pacific time, because I know that on your Alexa devices, your your digital devices, your radio app, you might be listening anywhere in any time zone around the world. So welcome. You're always welcome to call. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And if you are stranded at LAX or any of our local airports in, in LA or San Diego, uh, welcome. Glad you're listening to our show, wherever you may be. You can find our show just by looking for KKLA 99.5 in Los Angeles. Or if you're in San Diego, KPRZ, uh, AM 1210, FM 106.1. And uh, find that on your favorite radio app. You can listen anywhere you go. Some of you are uh, are stranded again. I'm wondering, are you following the story? Something happened with the FAA. Uh, A computer problem that basically, it's a computer software that has to be looked at before a flight can take off anywhere in the country. And that malfunctioned or it was hacked. Some people are worried about No one really seems to know for sure what happened, but the FAA had a ground stop over the entire country for about 90 minutes uh, early this morning. It's the first ground stop like that since 9-11. That's pretty extraordinary when you think about that, that uh, this has only happened. I think that's the only one ever that's like a national ground stop. Maybe there was something like that in, uh, you know, World War II, but it's a massive, massive failure. And uh, Canada is suffering the same thing, apparently, in whatever their version of the uh, FAA is up there. This is Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, explaining it today. Well, now that uh, the system is up and running, our primary focus is to determine that root cause. And I've directed FAA to figure out exactly how this happened, uh, the timeline piece by piece about uh, what was known overnight uh, going into uh, last night and then coming out of it. And most importantly, uh, as you might imagine, a critical system like this has a lot of redundancy built into it with backups. So we need to understand why with uh, all of that redundancy, it's still rose to the level uh, that there had to be a ground stop lasting about an hour and a half and the kind of delays that we saw. And uh, ultimately, he said he has no idea. Uh, The president was asked about it and, uh, you know, he wouldn't have the idea. Uh, So transportation secretary, uh, this is it. Pete Buttigieg got a lot of gripes, uh, you know, from people about the Southwest thing. I tend to think that wasn't really fair. It was really a Southwest problem over over Christmas. Right. But this is in his area of uh, responsibility. And uh, what's happening? The White House is still saying that there's no evidence of cyber attack uh, that would trigger the outage. Uh, But it's messed up plans for uh, millions of Americans all over the place. I hope that's not you. But, um, you know, if it is, give us a call. Tell us what you're experiencing. 888-528-2557. Maybe you can tell us your favorite place to eat in whatever terminal you got struck in, uh, wherever you are. If you're in San Diego, I hope you're in Terminal 2. 
There's a few more options if you're going to hang out. I've had this conversation with lots of people recently because of the Southwest fiasco and now uh, this one. If you got to get stuck in an airport, where would you like to be? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to be at LAX. That's not the airport you want to get stranded in for uh, four hours. Uh, but this is a, a pretty big deal. And I don't know. I don't know what the... Uh, you know, how this is going to turn out. I hope it's not a, you know, a hacking problem or something like that, but they are looking into that. Um, the air, when the, uh, when our air system is blocked, uh, it costs billions of dollars. It is just an extraordinary, extraordinary cost to, and shock to our system. Airports in Chicago, LA, New York, and Atlanta have seen 30 to 40% of flights delayed. And then when it's flights in those airports, it it delays flights, especially Atlanta and Chicago, delay flights all over the country uh, because of that. So at least as far as the last news I've seen, we don't really know why this is happening. And, you know, it is, you know, when you fly somewhere, you really do hope to take off on time. You ever get delayed? Well, I was delayed one time and I've been delayed a few times. You know, I don't like being delayed for mechanical problems. Right. I mean, our cars break down and you take it in and sometimes you drive it when you know you got a problem, you know, and it still happens and, and you feel OK about that most of the time. But when the airplane breaks down, you know, I'm, I would like a new plane. That's the way I feel about it. You know, <laughs> I don't is that it's probably not really rational. Obviously, planes break down and things happen. But I was on a plane one time and I thought for sure they were going to get us off the plane because they couldn't start the engines. And. You know, to me, it's like, okay, new plane, can't start the engines. But they brought up this big, huge, it was this enormous piece of machinery, and they attached it to the back of the engine. And I'm sitting by the window, and I can see this happening. I mean, this thing is almost half the size of the plane. This was a 737, okay? So they attach it to the back of the engine, and they turn it on, and effectively, they jump-started the aircraft. That's what... That's what it seemed like to me. That's the way the pilot sort of explained what's happening. So they brought this humongous thing in, and they just turn it on, and it just, I guess it sucks enough air through the engine and gets the fans spinning in such a way that they could start the engine. And I'm thinking, well, what happens if we need a jump start in the air? You know, I've had a jump start in my car before. It's great till you know, you park somewhere and you accidentally turn it off because you forgot uh, I was, uh, that was, uh, I just didn't like that, but it's probably completely normal. And I imagine if you're in the airline industry, there's things that go on all the time that probably passengers just shouldn't know about. Uh, what do you think? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Uh, I was stuck at LAX once. The reason I know it's not a great place to hang out. I was, I had this happen once. It was a delay for about six hours and you can't really leave most terminals. You can't really leave to just walk around. You know, I love to go to an airport and just go from terminal to terminal. You can do it, obviously, but you got to go through security over and over again in many of those places. And that's a bummer. You know, uh, one time I had a layover at uh, in Minneapolis and I the, the one thing they do there at that airport that they don't do in Southern California airports for some reason is the the train actually goes right to the airport like it's right underneath it. And you leave, you don't even go outside, you get right in the train. And I went to the Mall of America and I checked it out, rode the roller coasters and uh, saw the Harmon Killaroo, uh, you know, home plate there and uh, had a good time and got back to the airport and, and took off later. Um, and then uh, anyway, so LAX, I'm, I'm delayed for about six hours and finally, and I'm hungry. And for some reason in that terminal it was being, it was under construction, there was no place to go eat and you'd have to leave security to go find something to eat. It was just 
and I, I'm one of those people who uh, gets hangry, right? Uh, when I get hungry, I, I sin uh, in the way I treat people. It's just important that I eat in some kind of regular, regular way. I don't know why that is. Well, they finally brought out some food, and I thought, oh, this is good um, that uh, they do that. Um, but uh, I won't tell you what airline it was, but uh, they are the Greek letter for the letter D. Anyway, that airline uh, brought out all of this old airline food. When they used to give these little airline, you know, the, I think you can buy them, right? You can buy the little packages, and some of those aren't bad. They used to give you those for free, or at least it was part of your ticket. But it was all expired, and we all are excited. We're finally going to eat, and we grab these things, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's just awful. It's just not a good experience out there. 888-528-2557. All of that is to say, I hope that you're having a good experience. But sometimes we go through disappointment, right? You're going to miss your flight. You're going to miss your vacation. You're going to miss your family. Some of us went through that at uh, Christmas time. And, you know, sometimes we just look for somebody to blame or some other way to sort of uh, uh, have to deal with it. I want to encourage you that sometimes when these things happen, and, you know, obviously not everybody listening, most of you haven't missed your flight, but you do have disappointment that happens in life. So often there's something that comes out of that that you face that is much better, that God has some other kind of plan. If you're going through disappointment, um, maybe there's something that you have learned in disappointment that you could share with us. How have you faced disappointment when things don't go the right way, when things actually get... uh, turned off. What are your thoughts about that? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Nick in Simi Valley, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Nick. Hi. Hey, uh, I was calling in regards to uh, what you were talking about with uh, the FAA last night and what happened. Yeah. Um, so I I felt compelled to call. Normally I don't do things like this. Uh-oh, I'm losing you a little bit. You still there, Nick? All right, I'm going to put you on hold and see if we get a better connection in just a second, and you can call back if you uh, if you need to do that. That number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, sometimes in life we do have our, our plans get changed, and it is a hassle. And, you know, it can be a very, very difficult, a difficult thing. But, you know, I think that one of the ways to really face it is to take a look and really ask, hey, what is, uh, what is the Lord doing? And how do we just take it one step at a time? Some of us really struggle with that. Have you found a way to face disappointment that uh, has worked for you? Let me know, 888-528-2557. All right, Nick, we're back. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Hi. Uh, okay, so I was talking about uh, the whole thing with the FAA last night. Um, I was saying I'm an electrician for the county, and I was on call last night, and uh, I actually got called back in uh, because of something that happened with a, a helicopter that wasn't able to land, and they thought it was an electrical issue. So I went out to look at it, and everything was fine on our side. And uh, when I went down to speak with the supervisor, everyone was kind of scratching their head wondering what happened. And then they were saying maybe maybe the, uh, the uh, pilot didn't know about a certain switch that he had to push to to uh, initiate something to get these lights working. But I thought it was funny because you I, I just tuned in and you were talking about that. And it's been on my mind all day. I've been wondering, like, what the heck happened? And I'm wondering now if this is related. 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it had something to do with uh, what they're saying is that there's something that pilots have to check into. It has to do with weather conditions and other things upon their flight route. And uh, once they sign off on that, then they can take off. Some, something in the checklist for uh, before you actually have your flight for commercial flight. And apparently that wasn't working anywhere. And so it, it shut down everybody everywhere. Something, yeah. Okay. So there you go. But thanks for, hey, thanks for uh, working out there uh, and taking care. Everybody was okay in this little incident, yes? Yeah, everyone is okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, good deal. Thanks, Nick, for calling Southern right. California Live. 888-528-2557. You know, the government is going to work on different things. There's a lot of things happening in uh, in the Congress that is a new Congress. And one of them is the Republican Congress. They're passing some different things. Some of them, you know, it's it's more symbolic when they say we're going to uh, abolish the IRS. Uh, the Senate, the House is going to vote on that. The Senate's not going to approve that. The president's going to veto it. That's not going to happen. The 87,000 uh, IRS agents, they're going to try to repeal all or some of that funding. Or the House voted, I guess, to do that. But the, science, the, the Senate is not going to vote for that. The president's going to... Uh, veto it. Uh, it's not going to happen. So there's the piece of that that's very symbolic. Some people are acting like um, you know, they don't want you to know that it didn't really happen, but it, it's not really happening. But there's other things that go on with politics in these situations. And some of it is between the different parties and when a new party takes over, that is about getting other people on the record. And that is an, that's something that people in Congress have been very good at avoiding as much as possible. But right now, what is happening is today, the House Republicans introduced and voted in favor of a new piece of legislation that would stop infanticide and protect babies who survive abortion. So it's very rare that a baby would survive abortion, but it does happen. Um, And sometimes there are babies who are born and there was no intention of having an abortion, but something happens during the, uh, the birth and uh, maybe the baby is injured or something else, and uh, and something that has been discussed and that it seems to be that there is a movement toward is something that some people call fourth trimester abortion, meaning that after the baby's born, if the parents or the mom decides that they don't want the baby, that the baby can be allowed to die, or if the baby has some kind of uh, injury or some kind of health problem, that the baby should be just allowed to die. And like I said, this doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And we've dealt with this last fall with Proposition 1 that failed or it passed here in San Diego or in uh, in Southern California, I should say, everywhere else. And the concern for a lot of people on the pro-life side was that that bill was not just to make the state constitution match the state law as it was proposed, it was doing. Instead, what it did was it actually potentially eliminated the part of the law that requires, uh, that does not allow late-term abortions. That would allow abortions all the way through the ninth month, and then even potentially with that and a few other laws, allow babies who are already born to be allowed to die. So this is a pretty big deal that House Republicans want to get Democrats on the record for. It's one of those kinds of things. The Senate will not favor this. <clears throat> and uh, the president would veto it. It's uh, it's kind of strange to me, though, because wouldn't you want a baby born alive to be taken care of? Wouldn't this be something that you would want to do? And why why are we 
on some people, and maybe you can tell me if you're on the left and you just have a thought, you know, why is are we opposed to the kinds of laws that would protect babies that are born, actually born, or babies that are late-term abortions that everybody agrees are viable? Why does there seem to be a a path against protecting the life of born babies um, and calling this uh, some kind of uh, you know anti-abortion thing? That's what's happening. So the GOP-led House voted on Wednesday to pass a bill that would require healthcare providers to try to preserve the life of an infant in case, in the rare case that a baby is born alive <clears throat> during or after an attempted abortion. And uh, the vote was 220 to 210, and it passed. Uh, opponents, the Democrats, argued that such measures restrict abortion access by threatening health care providers. They argued that it's already considered homicide in the U.S. to intentionally kill an infant that is born alive. What's happening in the conversation of this is that many people believe that we're trying to move to a place where it is not homicide uh, to intentionally kill an infant that is born alive. And if you think that's just sort of uh, radical thinking or that's just sort of an extreme thing, I understand how it sounds that way. But Google it. There are medical journals, Journal of Medical Ethics, for example, that published an article recently. These are doctors, right, published an article recently that pointed out, and this is an old argument, actually, but it's been renewed, that babies that are born um, still are, whatever reason you might have had for an abortion before the baby was born, all of those reasons still exist after the baby is born. Baby still has to be taken care of. Somebody has to look after it. Somebody is, uh, you know, tied to that infant for, you know, feeding it, for taking care of it, for economic uh, reasons, all of those things. And it actually argues that we should be allowed to take the life of babies even after they're born. And people have different opinions of to how long, a week, 30 days, a year, two years, like, how long are you really tied to your kid before they can live on their own? And so that is, that is behind a lot of this. When you, when you see something that probably isn't really going to pass or something that, that people will say, ah, oh, it's just, you don't really need to do that if it's already illegal. Some of this is a different argument than what's really on the paper. All right. Uh, the NARAL Pro-Choice America released a statement criticizing the bill, saying these bills make it plain House Republicans are patently rejecting the will of the overwhelming majority of Americans who voted to support legal abortion in November. But see, the bill's not about abortion. It's about taking care of babies if they are, if there's a botched abortion, if the baby survives the process, or if a baby is born uh, and has some kind of problems right after born. Basically, the bill says you got to go right to um, you got to go right to a hospital. And I'm amazed at some of the comments that have been made uh, about this. Uh, this is Gerald Nadler arguing against the bill. The problem with this bill is that it endangers some infants by stating that that infant must immediately be brought to the hospital, where, depending on the circumstances, that may be the right thing to do for the health and survival of that infant, or it may not. That is the problem with this bill. It, it, it um, um, directs and, and mandates a certain medical care which may not be appropriate, which may be endanger the life of an infant in certain circumstances. It's pretty interesting that he had a hard time getting that out. And I think it's because it's pretty absurd to say that taking a baby to the hospital uh, might endanger the life of that baby. I'm sure that there are circumstances where maybe transporting the baby or, you know, there's probably things, but uh, I really, I don't see it. 
and this has been the regular thing. This is this is Congresswoman Jan uh, Schakowsky from Chicago. Not only is it illegal to not care for a born infant, but the the law that you have provided on the Republican side actually can create more harm. It requires immediately taking a struggling baby to a hospital. That hospital could be hours away and could be detrimental to the life of that baby. So you don't take the baby to the hospital just because it's hours away? I don't understand that. So is the logic, well, uh, you know, it's going to be a long drive and it's raining outside, so I guess we'll just let the child die. See, and she had a hard time getting this out, too. What I want you to know is that in this debate and kind of where we are in the country, there is another angle to all of this that is, I think, getting worse and worse as far as where we are as a nation. And and as was pointed out in this vote last uh, last November, a lot of people believe that the reason that there was not a red wave is because there were so many abortion things on the ballots and that in a secret ballot, when people go vote, the truth is, and even for some people who are Christians, that we like our abortions. And so what this is doing, what this bill really is doing, even though they know it will not become law, is it's putting the issue out there for people to say, why would you oppose this? Why would you oppose a law that protects the life of a baby who was born? And why are you tying that to abortion? That's what's going on. All right, I got to take a break, and uh, I got some more on this subject, and I'll take your calls when I get back. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. I'm the first mother in history to represent West Michigan in Congress. This matter is deeply personal to me. I recently shared publicly about my own experience navigating a complex miscarriage and the loss of my daughter. As a pro-choice Christian who chose life, this issue is so personal to me. My faith informs my actions, but it doesn't dictate the policy of an entire nation. And further, when I read the scripture, I turn to passages and I'm guided by passages like Jeremiah 1 verses 5, which states, I knew you before I formed you and I placed you in your mother's womb. It doesn't say the government's womb or the speaker's womb. It says the mother's womb. I believe life is precious, but I reject the idea that if I embrace the sanctity of life, I also must be forced to invite the federal government in to regulate it. We must protect families from unnecessary government intrusion into the most sacred and personal decisions of our the lives and our children's expired. lives. That was Representative Hillary uh, Scholten, and uh, she was voting against the uh, bill in the Congress today about uh, saving the life of babies that are born alive after a botched abortion. And, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on what she said there. This idea that uh, as, a, as a Christian, 
she has her own point of view, where personally, she calls herself a pro-choice Christian. Maybe some of you call yourselves that also. She says that it's not really her job to in, to push her beliefs on other people. Now, I think when we think about this as Americans, uh, generally we tend to have that kind of libertarian attitude about an awful lot of things, right? That's That's kind of who we want to be. But something that is being missed here about the subject of abortion, as she even quotes Scripture talking about how God knitted together the baby in your womb, and she says not for the government, but for... But she's missing something here. The argument, actually, is that the unborn child, or in this case, the child that is born, um, has constitutional rights. See, that's the, that's the piece that is different here. That's the piece that is, and I would agree, just in general, we sort of don't want the government telling everybody what to do. We talked about that in the last hour, you know, what kind of stove can you have and what kind of, uh, you know, these different things. That's not the same thing as life. And see, the federal government actually has an awful lot to do with protecting our life. The purpose of a federal government, in fact, has a lot to do with protecting the life and way of life of the country. That's why they run the military. That's why they go to war and they don't just shrug their shoulders uh, when Pearl Harbor gets attacked or when 9-11 happens or things like that. There's a reason that the federal government does these things. There's a reason that we have a constitution that talks about freedom of speech, freedom of uh, you know, your religion and press and all the other freedoms that we have, uh, the federal government actually does protect life in this. And so the the actual argument is about this. Does the unborn child, who everybody agrees is a human being now, um, does that child have constitutional rights? And that question is one that people refuse to answer and do a whole lot of gymnastics sometimes to uh, try to not answer that. I don't think it's the same thing as a regular libertarian idea of choices that we make. It has to do with the whether or not the unborn child, or in this case a child born, has constitutional rights. you have thoughts about that? you have any input, you can give me a call. This is Southern California Live, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Two five five seven. Darren in Riverside, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, oh, I'm absolutely aghast and mortified that people can actually even think that they could take a child's life and say, "Oh, I, want, I don't want to take it to the hospital because it might too, be too much of a drive." Or, okay, well, let's just play that out a, a little bit. What if they're two? What if they're four? What if they're five? What if they're six? What if they're um, mentally handicapped? I mean, say a human being is not a human being. It's just insanity. And yet it is the uh, direction that things are going. And that's just something that, uh, Darren, I just want people to to realize that this issue where you have the uh, you have the Congress voting on this bill today, you have the Congress voting on a bill that is to protect the life of a child that might have been born born accidentally, a child that wasn't wanted, so there was going to be a late-term abortion. These things are very rare, by the way. It's about 1% of yeah. abortions, a little over 1%, are third-trimester abortions. Okay, So it doesn't happen very often. Um, and the idea is, hey, if it happens, but it, what sometimes happens is the baby is born alive. Then what do you do? And there has been this problem of the idea where well, we're just going to let the baby die then. And this bill would say, no, it's called the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. And the, the 
law says, no, you have to take that baby to a hospital and you have to try to save its life. Um, it does not put any criminal um, charges that could ever go to the mom, but it could go to a, a doctor who decides not to do that. But a big part of the reason for this is because we are as a society beginning to question whether the same ideas that happen for the same questions that lead people to have abortions should be applied to young children. Exactly. Uh, that is I mean, look for what, real. Look, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I mean, well, look what's happening even in Canada. I mean, uh, Justin Trudeau has taken away the rights of, of truckers, shutting down their accounts. I mean, everything is going towards this whole one world situ- situation. So it's like the, the people that just don't care about life, they don't care about people. You know, it's like, okay, let's just one less person is better for this earth. Now, wait a second. There are millions of people out there that would love to adopt these children. Why would you say and, is a, how do we help though? So to, to step away from this and, and, you know, again, this issue is very rare, right? So right. it's, it really, you know, it's definitely real, but, but it's super rare. So a lot of this has to do with philosophy, right? A lot of this has to do with what we're trying to, who we're trying to say we are as a people, how do Christians have a better conversation about this um, and so that we can, I think, make a better impact? You just said, you know, there are plenty of people willing to adopt. Are there enough? Are we as open about that? What, what more can we do to be more effective with this? Well, we got to put more dogs in the hunt with this situation because Christians have just been historically silent when it comes to this issue. And it breaks my heart. Um, you know, I'm an actor and, and a stuntman in the Hollywood entertainment industry, and I've also seen this been going on in the Hollywood industry where they, they'll just get pregnant and get rid of the baby. Right. Um, it's, it's just it's heartbreaking to me. It's absolutely heartbreaking to me. So what we need to do as Christians is wake up, get involved. There's a great guy, I don't know if you've heard of us, Seth Gruber, fantastic young man. You've got to look this guy up. He is a... Uh, just right-to-life guy, strong Christian. Um, he runs an organization called the White Rose Resistance, I believe. Phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Mm. And he's heralding the call for pastors all across the United States to start getting involved in this crucial issue of life. Yeah, I think that there is something that uh, you're right. Darren, thanks for calling and for holding uh, yeah. for so long. I appreciate that. You know, we talk about this once in a while because we want to we want to take a look at the deeper idea of the philosophy that is going on here. So what I I wanted to get with you, because I think when we're talking about post-birth abortion or why would people let babies just die, we want to say, and I think most of us would say, no, that either doesn't happen or nobody would really do that. Uh, And I understand that 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 action, because I think most of us, even if we wonder about it, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't really accept that as something. But you have to understand that in... In philosophical studies, this has actually been going on for a long time, um, but this is also something current. This is from the Journal of Medical Ethics, okay? This is a legitimate journal. It's, um, you know, highly respected. It's not some, uh, you know, kooky left-wing thing, you know, or just some blog somewhere. This is for real, okay? And they're, this, these people, Alberto Guiablini is his name, and Francesca Minerva, they are doctors who uh, wrote this article, but they're not the only ones to write this. It's actually been considered for a long time. This is the abstract to their their discussion. They say this, abortion is largely accepted even for reasons that do not have anything to do with the fetus's health. 
which is true. Most abortions have nothing to do with the fetus's health. It's uh, convenience reasons. By showing that, one, both fetuses and newborns do not have the same moral status as actual persons, and two, the fact that both are potential persons is morally irrelevant, their opinion, and three, adoption is not always in the best interest of actual people, the authors argue, that what they call afterbirth abortion, killing a newborn, should be permissible in all cases where abortion is, including cases where the newborn is not disabled. And what they go on, what they go on to argue, okay, is that we should be considering that sometimes parents give birth to children and then they suddenly had a financial crisis and they can't afford the child that they thought they could afford before, and so now they should have the right to terminate that child's life even though the child is born. And that sounds ghastly, right? That just sounds crazy. That sounds like uh, Scott, you're you know you're making that up. I just I want you to know, you know there are, there are people who make comments you know about these things that are that seem like they're way out there, and sometimes they are. But you need to understand that this is something that that serious people are actually considering, and that's why bills like this are much more than. Uh, just particular circumstances that might happen. It's trying to get people on the record for what do they think about issues like this. 888-528-2557 is the number. Virginia in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good, Virginia. How are you? Well, I'm fine. I've just, I've been listening to what you have to be saying, and I just wanted to offer a possibly a, an alternative a viewpoint of it. Sure. Um, because no one talks about children who are born to mothers who don't love them and mm. what happens to these children. Yeah. And you look at the prisons and you look at foster care system. And women, they bring a child into the world. And a lot of times the child goes through unbelievable suffering. And so I, I don't understand why God would want a woman to have a child because we have free will. And these things happen where a woman can get pregnant. But mm-hmm. why would God want to put up, uh, have a human being born to a mother who will abuse it yeah. or isn't capable of being a mother? Well, that's a good question I think a lot of people ask. Can you hold on through the the break, and then I'll come back to you? Would that be okay, Virginia? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you for calling. Just hold on here, and I'll come back to you right after sure. the break. This is Southern California Live. We'll get back to Virginia's question uh, when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557. You're listening to SoCal Live. Scott Furrow, Wednesday edition continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you. And uh, we have a conversation. It's a hard topic, okay, about abortion. If you've been following the, what's happening in the Congress, uh, the Congress passed a, uh, a law today that is intended to save the life of a child that is born in a abortion that uh, is botched, sometimes in a late-term abortion. It's a very rare, but uh, when they happen, sometimes the baby is born alive. And uh, sometimes because of what's going on in that procedure, the baby might be injured or there are other things. The law requires that the doctor... Uh, and uh, everybody involved take that child to a hospital and try to save his life. Okay, and um, but it, you know this subject altogether brings up a lot of uh, questions that people have that are really good questions. Uh, Virginia, you still with me? I'm I'm still here. All right, thanks How for holding you? on. I'm good, Virginia. Thanks for holding on uh, through Thank the break. You. And uh, Virginia, let me make sure I got your question. I can repeat it. Uh, 
uh, well. You wanted to give a little alternate perspective and talk about the 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 situation of what happens when and we're talking about before you called or before I took your call anyway, I talked about mm-hmm. how part of the issue that's going on is that there are philosophies being presented in the medical world, including the Journal of Medical Ethics and elsewhere. Uh, about uh, what is called uh, afterbirth abortion, basically taking the life mm-hmm. of a newborn, where if a mm-hmm. parent, a mom decides after the child is born that she can't afford it, or maybe her financial circumstances change, or the father dies or decides not to be involved, you know, or maybe there's some abuse or some other things that was not expected going on. You know, that's part of some of the reasons that go into abortions sometimes, especially late-term abortions. And what this article is arguing is that all of those things are still issues even after the baby is born. So they make the decision that says the parent should be allowed to uh, take the life of the child. And then there's a debate about how long, you know, a year, six months, 30 days, two years. Um, so it's a very disturbing conversation. But, the, you know, it really it really is. Um, and I wanted people to know that that conversation is not just some uh, crazy thing that somebody's making up on their blog or their Twitter feed. That it's a real conversation that medical ethics people are having. Okay, well, and and that has a lot to do with some of these bills and some of what's going on politically with this subject. Well, is it political? I mean, or is it? Are they really showing mercy? Because is it merciful for for some, uh, a, a soul to come in? Because it's here's the it comes in and then it it, it gets. You know, um, it may end up with missing limbs or what, or not not the same. Mm-hmm. And then the mother is, is is now she has to take care of this child that she's caused this harm to. What is is the goal? Mercy, because isn't that what what Jesus said? Like the, the, that blessed or or the merciful. Yeah, and it's not always pretty because God, you know, we come in. Our mother and parents take care of us. The, the baby's in the womb, and but the soul will die. It was born, and it will die. And then the the issue is is when something like these this abortion thing that's going on in in Washington is this just political? So we're like, oh yeah, we'll agree with them, but they're blowing up everyone all over the world. So is this just a you know just to to blind us so that we think oh these people really care about us mm. because in the end. It's about mercy to this 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 little baby. Is well, it merciful to let it go back to the other side, to Jesus, or is it merciful for it to be born to suffer here? And it's a this is a hard planet. <laughs> yeah, it is it's a hard, hard planet. planet to... And you're right to point out that there's there's a lot of inconsistency in people's views about life in general when you start to add you know wars and other things. Okay, uh, you know one thing I would say here is that. You know, there's no guarantee, even in a good home or wherever you're wealthy and everything seems to be fine, that that child isn't going to have an accident, you know, a week into his life or that a parent isn't going to. These are things meant to happen. But these are things are what happens in our young lives are meant for us to happen so that we grow from them. But what's the difference between that happening and a baby being born into that situation? And see, and there's a lot of people who are listening who are saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I've got a child who's missing limbs or I'm missing limbs or I... I grew up, I'm really glad I wasn't aborted. I'm really glad that I had my life, even though the deck was stacked against me, even though the statistics were against me. See, it's 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 a very, I think with anybody's life, there's there's going to be pain and there is the potential for terrific pain um, and horrific things going on. That's the sinful world that everybody is born into. 
And some people start off with disadvantages because of uh, their situation that they can't help. Um, but, you know, it's I think that we need to trust that the value of the human being uh, is much mm-hmm. greater and that the potential of the human being to inspire is is so great that it may be most of the time it's it's really all the time it's merciful to allow the child to live because we don't know that they're not going to have value. Um, it's, I, I heard I I heard something from a, a woman um, by the name of Dolores Cannon who was a hypnotist, and she she said that there is a war going on on the other side, and that war is to prevent souls from coming here to this planet just to suffer, because there are people who are I mean how many people come here and then and then they commit suicide, yeah, or they cause other people pain. But you know I so I wouldn't. Is, I, Virginia, from, just from my perspective, from a Christian yeah. perspective, okay, I don't mm-hmm. think that's what's going on with souls, okay? I don't think that, that I do believe there's spiritual war going on. The Bible's clear about that, mm-hmm. okay? But I don't think that I would listen to this hypnotist on, on those kinds of things, okay? Well, she was, she, well, she, what she was saying was that, that there's a war on the other side because there's so much suffering happening on this planet. There yeah. is, but is see that. Is it fair to p- people to be born to come to here to souls to come here just to suffer, just to suffer and not learn anything? But see, the the thing is, is that nobody knows that at the time of birth. Nobody knows that 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 suffering isn't going to be something that um, inspires. I mean, most of us uh, we grow a lot when we have to go through difficulties, uh, and we can inspire others. You know, and and I would say that I, I don't know where you're we're coming from. Uh, you know, spiritually, are you a Christian? Uh, do you think you're absolutely? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, here's here's some things that I would say. You know, the okay. the first thing to know, the first thing to know is that all the suffering and all the difficulties. You know, the Bible is just very clear that mm-hmm. these things will be worked out in the end. The reason that we need a savior is because everything is a mess. And the, the level of suffering is never at this level has never happened before on the face of the earth. I think the, it's the happened. Of, uh, the, no, there's, been, there's always been suffering. I mean, imagine the we're actually a lot more loved. There's a people lot more loved. Yeah, I would disagree and on that, is, is that. That we're a lot more comfortable you, and a lot more capable of taking care of people in bad situations than uh, we've no, ever we're not. been. We're not because all the old people end up in old folks homes because the kids can't deal with it. It's too difficult. You know why, uh, you know why uh, in the Ten Commandments, uh, the, one of the commandments is honor your father and mother? It's not, that was not given to kids. It was given to adults who were leaving their aging parents out in the desert who were be, becoming mm-hmm. crippled. It's not new. What you're describing there is not new. Uh, that has always it's been part new, of humanity. not to the level and you're in yeah. the level of it. Well, I would I would so disagree, Virginia. I'm going to disagree on that point. No? I think that we're a lot more comfortable, even in hardship today, than we've ever been because of technological advances and other things. Not saying it's not hard. Materially, we're comfortable. Certainly, spiritually, we're we're. I mean, they're saying you know how how far till. <sighs> Every, I mean, you've never I've never seen homelessness like this. It's never happened before. And then you, and it's like, well, what's happened? You're having people being raised by parents who don't love them and mistreat yeah. them. They've never felt love. Well, they've the, never felt love. They've I'm never running, felt God. I'm running out of time here, Virginia. I appreciate all that. And you're right. You're right about that. But the, the scriptures are say that that's the direction that people are going to go, that as we get closer to the end, that people's love will grow cold 
And mm-hmm. and that is what we're seeing. It's not love. The reason we have all the homeless ultimately is that we're not, you know, we are adopting philosophies that don't help. We even know they don't help, and we're still doing it. If uh, you have a system that's built on years of, of generating uh, uh, an economy by going to war, well, eventually, uh, in, in order, I mean, for us to, especially the United States, you've had these this hundred years of war. Mm. What happens to people, men who've gone through war? Yeah. What happens to the family? You have, what happens to, once again, Virginia, I'm running, I'm running out of time. You, you know, I know. The, the, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay because, uh, you know, I do want to talk about those things. Yeah. We, we don't have a culture of, of life that we should have, Okay. Like, and that's a part of the the war. It's a part of the homelessness. Is that uh, we struggle in that? But let me, you know, point a couple of things out here that are important because there's people listening, and there's a lot of women listening. For example, who've had abortions or been mm-hmm. in these situations, okay, or maybe they gave a child up for adoption and they've doubted that that was the right thing to do, or maybe it turned out it wasn't a good situation. You know, we have all those things and people listening. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things I think that's important is that. We definitely believe that there is grace and that there is redemption. That this mm-hmm. is that that Jesus does have things in control, and the reason for His return and the reason for the the sacrifice that was necessary and His ultimate return is to make everything just and to make everything right. That the injustices of the world are real; they are caused by sin, and Jesus is going to take care of them at the end. And the spiritual war and all of that <clears throat> is going to be resolved. I would and, point and out Jesus that Jesus wants people that, to to be born to mothers and and fathers who want them. So I, that they come from, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I, it's a I, hard planet. Yeah, but see, the scriptures teach us this. We're almost out of time here, so I appreciate Sorry. you calling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Yeah, no, You're thanks. A yeah, thank you. So let me let me just finish with this, and uh, I'll mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go here. Okay. But, you know, scripturally, one of the reasons that we're not supposed to have sex before marriage is this, is that bringing children into the world is to happen in marriage. And studies show that most of the time, people who actually do wait are much better parents. They're not abusive. They are not selfish. That's why they're able to wait, is they want to do it, right? But they don't. Now, sometimes people are full of pride, and they're proud of themselves for keeping the rules, and uh, they might end up being abusive. But almost all of the time, if we follow what Jesus says we're not going to be abusive. We're not bringing people into the world. We're given instruction on how to do it. And secondly, and I'm out of time, but we don't know what the future holds. And just because you're born with a disability or you've had a terrible thing happen does not mean you don't have value or that you can't be successful or that God can't use you in the lives of others. And most people I know who are in these situations, they're very happy that their mom or dad did not, their mom did not abort them. I got to go. I'm out of time. There's so much more to talk about this, but we are over time. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Go to our radio station website to get the podcast and check us out. I will see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.